Why does our industry lag in bringing clients the tools they need to navigate and to become better healthcare consumers? And what's being done to change that? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is brought to you by Benazon Healthcare Advocacy. Your clients and their employees expect more service, more responsiveness, and more help than ever before. You need to focus on building your book. How do you do both? Benazon. To learn more, go to benazon.com or click the Benazon logo at the top of the shiftshapersonline.com page. How can you be the first to know about each week's podcast and get on the list for special listener-only content? It's simple. Go to shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're talking to Saravan and Chetiar, SC as he's known by his friends. He's the founder at Strive Benefits, and he's spent a long time studying different ways to remove pain points for employees in the jumbo group market. And in the last little while, he's turned his attention to the broader middle and smaller group market. And we thought it would be interesting to look at the differences and compare and contrast, and then also talk about some of the tools that are necessary and how advisors should select those tools when they're looking for things to help their clients do exactly that. So with that said, SC, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Very happy to be here. It's our pleasure. So let's start with low-hanging fruit. We all think that large groups have tons of staff and they don't. the employees, therefore, have all the tools they need. They don't need anything else. A, is this still a problem in large group? And does small group arguably need the tools and techniques more than large group? Or is it about the same? You know, healthcare is very complicated, right? We have to start from the basic premise there. Even people with advanced degrees, PhDs, struggle with healthcare and understanding how to choose plans, how do you find providers, how do you get the right kind of care for yourself and for your family. So you're right, absolutely right, in that large group markets, they have access to great benefits teams, they have great HR staff, they have broker consultants to help them, and they, and they have access to a lot of other tools, third-party vendors as well. But at the end of the day, you know, more tools are, are important and I think they really help them more effectively manage their healthcare decisions. Now, when you contrast that in the small group market, it gets really interesting because in the small group market, you're looking at HR teams that are very thinly staffed. You're looking at situations where HR folks who are not well-versed in benefits or are not qualified to answer these questions and so these employees are really struggling to to get answers to a lot of their basic questions. Sometimes they have access to broker resources. Sometimes they don't. But also brokers struggle, I think, to effectively service small business employees in a scalable way. So I think access to tools that help them effectively understand what plants they have, what selections they've made, what those plants entail, I think it's really important for them to have access to, the, to those tools. Well, and, you know, brokers not only can't scale as they need to, in point of fact, they're trying to scale down. Commission compression is a very real thing, and they're looking for ways to deliver world-class service with less staff rather than more. So I think those tools are intend to be paramount on both sides. There's a lot of discussion around what we call pain points. What are some of the most common pain points that you find employees struggling with? 
Yeah, I think the you know it's it's very basic in this market. So right after open enrollment, maybe two weeks later, three weeks later, you ask anyone out there in the small business world, hey, what plan do you select? They have no idea. They have no clue. And the first first point when this this happens is when they go to a dentist office after open enrollment. So the dentist uh, receptionist asks them, ask them, what's your name of your de- dental plan? What kind of insurance do you have? And they say, I'm not sure. Maybe I have Delta Dental. And then they ask, is that the HMO or is that the PPO network? Right. And you know, there's just no way this small business employee is able to answer that question, you know, as, as in an efficient way. So on top of that, they have problems around how do you find providers? You know, what is what is in network? What is out of network? They don't have answers to that. And let's say they want to go for a chiropractic appointment or they want to schedule a physiotherapy appointment. They have no idea what whether the health plan or the medical plan that they chose covers any of that, right? So I think what happens is a lot of these employees effectively tend to lo- leave some money on the table, so to speak, where maybe they have a lot of this great coverage that they are paying for, but they don't know what they're paying for, so they, they, don't, they don't access it and take advantage of those benefits. So what's the solution to that, and what platforms is it best deployed on? Yeah, we think that the answer is really mobile. It is 2016. You know, every major software vendor there has figured out that you, know, you have to have a mobile solution. If not, you're not in the game at all. And in the, particularly in this situation, when you look at benefits, employees are going to have questions when they're at the doctor's office or dentist office or they're sitting at home at night at the dinner table wondering, you know, maybe I should go find a new pediatrician for my five-year-old son. So they need answers on the go, right? So I think that's the, and the best way to deliver that is through mobile. And yet we still dump tons of paper on people when, when they go through open enrollment. That's right. So, you know, I think small business employees typically will get access to a PDF document that has a pretty good summary of the benefits in their coverage. But really, when you are at the doctor's office, a dentist office, you're going to remember that email that HR sent you on a certain date six months ago, and you know exactly where in that document you're going to get your answers? I don't think so. Not only does it need to be mobile, but are you suggesting that whatever the mobile application is that delivers this information also needs to be easily searchable? Yeah, the information needs to be presented at you know a very presented in a very useful and a readable uh, format. And it, it's not a great way to say it, but the more you dumb it down, I think the better it is. <laughs> you know, you know, I was I was just talking to a a company that has a population which has a as the third grade reading level because it's a blue collar population. And, you know, effectively, you need to be able to deliver tools that are accessible for people who are third grade readers and are able to use, utilize that information in an effective way. Uh, and I think even maybe you'd agree, even folks who are beyond the third grade reading level or 10th grade reading level or whatever, even folks who have PhDs, which I don't think stands for pilot higher and deeper in, in this particular instance, it's all about user experience. And it is with all software, not just the stuff that we're starting to deploy in our business, isn't it? It's those presentation layers that we geeks call them that, that really make the experience usable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, all right, majority of people out there are using tools like Facebook or Snapchat or Twitter. So, you know, in their life outside work, they're used to utilizing software tools that are super easy, super friendly to use. So when they go into work and you know their open enrollment comes around, 
And they see this enrollment platform that looks like it was built in 1995. And there's an immediate disconnect right there, right? So how, how do you expect people to be excited about open enrollment or, you know, at least be functional throughout that process if they cannot, you know, get to the, the unsavory UI, so to speak? There are a lot of enrollment vendors out there, I think, that who haven't really invested in UI and haven't really kept up with that. So I think that's, that's definitely something that, you know, needs to happen or in the industry needs to start more aggressively pursuing that sort of easy user experience. Why do you think it is that it seems as though these days it's it's our industry in particular that lags behind lots of other industries in in making these kinds of easy to use tools available? You know, maybe there hasn't been a big push per se or employee backlash, so to speak. Not quite yet. I think you know, for, for the most part, I think employees feel powerless towards. You know, they have to give that feedback to HR. The HR has to give that feedback to the broker. The broker has to give that feedback to the enrollment vendor. And after some, you know, some point in time, that feedback loop stops, right? So I think, you know, that's probably the reason why something hasn't happened. But I think the way it's going to happen is a couple of those vendors out there are going to more aggressively pursue that sort of experience. And they're going to do better in the market. Right. And they're going to force the rest of the companies out there to improve their game as well. Is it also maybe part of the role of the benefit advisor as the advocate for the employee population to start pushing for these kinds of things? Yeah. And, and again, that's that's something that's really interesting. Right. So if you look at it from a large jumbo group perspective, yes, effectively, there are teams of benefits people who can effectively push for those sort of changes to be made. But in this small group market, you're, you know, you, you, they don't have that sort of adv- advocacy right there for employees. You know, is that one HR person or maybe in a lot of these companies that we work with, it's, it's just the CEO who, or COO who's doing benefits management as part of the other, all the other things that he or she needs to do. So the less time they, they can spend on it, the better. And now a word from our sponsor. Today, you're being pulled in multiple directions. Employers want you to deliver a higher level of service and employee satisfaction, and you want more time to grow your business. How do you do both? Benazon Healthcare Advocacy is the answer. Benazon helps plan members understand, utilize, and maximize their health plan and answers their benefits questions while you improve productivity, increase client retention, and grow your book. The best part about partnering with Benazon is that your agency gets all the credit. Clients see your logo, while the Benazon team of subject matter experts work to ensure resolution to specific member information and service requests. Each agency gets a dedicated telephone number and year-round, 24-7 customer support that answers the phone with your agency name. Turn your benefit on with Benazon. For more information, go to www.benazon.com or click their logo on the Shift Shapers website. Benazon healthcare as it should be. Now, back to our interview. If I'm a benefit advisor and I do want to bring some of these solutions, what are the key things that I ought to look for if I'm selecting a solution for an employer group? Yeah, it's a good, great question. And I think it really ties back to what we just talked about. It really it's going to be about ease of usage, right? So what sort of user experience is the employee getting? Is this super intuitive? Is this, does this make it so easy? that I don't need to spend any time training this employee and using such a tool. I think that box of ease of use needs to be firmly checked. 
right? And the second part that, you know, the benefit advisor needs to think about is what is the implementation time? What does it cost to maintain the system on an ongoing basis? And if you answer again there, it's not, it's, it's that it's, if it's not simple or if it takes time to use, then it's probably not a good solution. It needs to be date simple from a broker perspective as well. And I think the third one is obviously cost. We, as you just pointed out, Dave, commissions are being cut. So brokers have to be smart about how they invest their dollars. So they need to be able to find a solution that is cost, cost effective. So I think that's a, that's a key one as well. If you wanted to offer brokers an analogy, just so that maybe we put a little bit more paint on this and they can understand better what we're talking about, in another industry, what's a piece of software or an application that we interact with that you think is really well executed and and might be the kind of model for the thing that we ought to look for? You know, I think (laughs) if you look at enterprise software as a whole, they're, you know, they, they've had their challenges, right? So I actually, I used to work at Salesforce back in the mid 2000s myself. And that was the first company, I think, to really present software or pre- present the CRM side of the business in a very easy, intuitive way. Maybe some listeners out there might disagree, but I think Salesforce did a great job of reducing the implementation time making it easy to access the, the service from anywhere and wherever you are from a mobile application, from a mobile phone or from a desktop. And they also made it, you know, very cost effective as well versus the on-premise or Oracle type solutions. So that's sort of like a significant leap that Salesforce made. I think it's probably the, maybe the way you want to think about how this industry could change as well. If we go back to the very basics, I'm always amazed. There seem to be two or three studies a year. There was one recently that I can't remember the attribution. It might have been Kaiser, where healthcare literacy, even with all of the increased patient responsibility amounts and the work that, that we've done in trying to simplify benefits and whatnot, that healthcare literacy is still painfully, painfully low. How can you address that if you're a benefit advisor? What kinds of tools can you provide for employees and employers? Yeah, I think it's really hard for a benefit advisor to to even effectively communicate with employees on an ongoing basis. A lot of brokers that we talk to, you know, only have access to employees once or twice a year, and it's around open enrollment. So the way that you can really help with healthcare literacy in your employee population is by utilizing technology, right? Effectively, you could use different platforms out there, or you could use educational tools out there that have been created and deliver some of these messages in a simple, compelling fashion, whether it's through email or whether it's through mobile applications. And the best part about using technology here is you can actually measure how employees are reacting to those messages. Who's opening those emails? You know, what are they doing with the email? Are they clicking that email and, you know, maybe linking that back to a study or something which takes that topic a little further, or are they clicking that link and, you know, um, opening up other types of tools that could help them as well? So I think that's, that's really the, the way to do it to, through technology. Are you seeing in, in the marketplace, are you seeing an awful lot of vendors working in this area in particular? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Not in the small group market, not at all. I don't think there's anybody out there who's doing it. You know, when you look at some of these benefit and, and mid companies or HRS companies, I think they are, you know, in a good position to do so. But they they're really more focused on the employer problem or the broker problem, right? No one's really thinking about an employee and what his top three, two or three pain points are. And that's one of those things that we do. We do have a educational platform 
that we use to educate employees on different topics, whether it are topics around preventive services, when do you use an ER versus an urgent care center, how do you think about brand name versus generic drugs, how do you think about large medical bills, and how do you deal with um, insurance companies. A lot of different things that employees need to know, and we present that information in a simple, compelling way, and we push that out to our user base you know, once a month. Anything more than that, I think employees will be turned off. So it's got to be just the right amount at the right time of the month, and you push it out and you can measure the response. So you've got to be careful not to over-medicate employees. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other problem on its own, right? You know, It is, it yeah. is. Are we really still having the conversation with employees about brand name versus generic? I'm afraid so, Dave. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's there. I mean, if you are trying to explain to an employee what is coinsurance or what is a deductible, then I think anything out there is fair game. That's frightening. Uh, it's just it's just frightening, but I, but it's true. We see it all the time in our practice as well. So we've got a couple of minutes left. I, I'm, I'm interested in, since you've had so much experience on the jumbo group side, what do you see? What does the future look like, near-term, mid-term, long-term to you in terms of tools that are going to come to market? And maybe a follow-up question, when do you think employees are going to start demanding this as table stakes for their plans? Just something that's not a nice-to-have anymore, but it's a need-to-have or a must-have. Yeah, I think it's always driven by economics, right? So we are starting to see these trends where you know, premiums are going up every year. Every company, small, um, whether a large group or small group, is being hit with 20%, 30% increases in premiums. And the way you kind of negotiate your way out of that is to um, introduce these uh, CDHPs or high-deductible health plans, so when the financial responsibility falls more and more on an employee and they make, let's say, a couple of bad choices that maybe they went out of network, they were not well informed about that choice that they made, you know, or they went on uh, went to an ER visit when they should not have done that. They could have easily done an urgent care visit. That's when I think they're going to start paying attention. And that's when they're going to ask the question, how come I didn't know about this? How come no one told me? How come no one in my company told me? And you're telling me there's someone called a broker who is supposed to help me with this? And how come he didn't help me? And when there's a critical mass of people who start thinking this way, I think they are going to push for for tools and they're going to push for more help. Do you see that happening in the near term? Definitely. I think so. I mean, it's already happening. We're already starting to see here in California where we are. There's a lot of demand from employers and employees for tools, accessibility tools or information tools. And they're asking brokers for it, right? What's out there? You know, can you help us look? This morning, we had a conversation with a group. It's actually a jumbo group, not necessarily the type of groups that we're interested in, but they really sought us out. Now, there are 12,000 employees, and they're really struggling with benefits communication. And the employees are struggling. So, you know, there was a push for that a tool, tool like ours, and they had, we had a conversation. So I think more, more groups and more employers are going to push for that. Do you think that as we go along, the ability to provide that as a benefit advisor, those kinds of tools, will be the one of the key deciding factors for employers as to whether they use broker A or broker B? I think so. I think there's a there's definitely a differentiation factor or you know a constraint that at work. You know, I've been on the other side of the fence as a client in my past life. I was a CFO. And, you know, I've um, had to choose brokers and I've interviewed a lot of brokers and I've always felt that 
a lot of them are very similar in terms of their offering at the end of the day. So you always want to go for someone who goes that little extra step, right? Who's thinking in a different direction or thinking in a different way. And if, if a broker comes and tells me, hey, I've got tools that will help your employees become better users or consumers of healthcare. Now, that's something I've never heard before, right? So as an employer, I think I'm going to be more interested in listening to that broker. I'm not sure I will work quite as yet. But if a broker brings that to the table, I think that would be very interesting. So think different. I mean, what a great marketing slogan. Maybe somebody will pick that up someday. <laughs> uh, yeah. Saravan and Chetiar, thank you so much for spending time with the Shift Shapers audience today and sharing your expertise. My pleasure. Thanks, Dave. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening in. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.